Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Now this is week six of our series called I Don't Want to Go. Now we are here in this part of I Don't Want to Go because we learned earlier this year that we are called to be fruitful in 2021. So we've learned all about what spiritual fruit is. We learned that it comes from the Holy Spirit and it can look like a handful of different things. And we can actually feed it by submitting crappy situations over to God as fertilizer and watching that fruit grow even brighter in our lives. Now in this series, we found out that even though we learned all about the spiritual fruit, we can still find ourselves being reluctant about sharing that fruit. And sometimes when God asks us to move and do something, we end up saying, I don't wanna go. So to round out our series, we are inviting a friend of the church to, to preach here today, to share a message, Damaris Fike. Now, Damaris is a social action pastor at City Church, one of the two churches that helped us get started here at Akuo. Now, I've known Damaris for the better part of this decade, and she is the best. As a social action pastor at City Church, Damaris lives her life to figure out ways to link to her community. Now, one of the big projects she just got finished with was partnering with a bunch of organizations around the city to donate more than 660,000 pounds of food to the San Antonio Food Bank. She is someone that truly understands what it means to link to her community. And we are happy to have her back here at Akuo. So without further ado, here's Damaris. Thank you, Pastor Humby, and thank you, Akuo, for allowing me to be part of the series and to take this journey as we go through I Don't Wanna Go series together. Well, several years ago, I was on this kick to see what gifts and what areas God wanted me to serve in. I wanted to explore all the ways I could serve in the church. So I decided to join a prayer group made of some very wise and spiritual ladies. You know, being a young leader in ministry myself, I thought, what an opportunity to get to pray alongside these spiritual powerhouses. So I started to meet with them every week to pray for the ministry we were a part of. After a few weeks to help guide our prayer time, we decided to go room by room to pray for each one. It wasn't necessarily the room that we were praying for, but rather praying for whatever person worked in each room. I thought, what a great idea. We'll be sure to get everyone covered. So I put some tissues and some special oil used for prayer in my pocket and I was ready. We started at the far end of the building. And after that first day, we knew this was gonna take several weeks to get everyone prayed up. But I was fired up. I was with my prayer gang. Well, weeks passed and we finally get to the last of the rooms. But then my fire quickly goes out. I realized that the last room we have to go to belongs to someone I really did not like. As to not look less spiritual than everyone else, I decided to stay and just figure how I can make this happen. Maybe I can feel really strongly about praying for the person in the room before and just tell the gang to go ahead. Or I can pretend to be in deep prayer as to not be disturbed. But then I figured, uh, I'm not sure lying and deceiving is the best thing to do in this crowd. Well, here I am in the last room and it's not like me and this person were mean to one another. We never got in like fist fights or anything. Just deep down inside, I really didn't like them. 
And it seemed like every time I interacted with this person, it just seemed to get worse. We often didn't agree on stuff. So when they would approach my desk, I would act super busy, right? So they'd know I was too busy to talk. Or they would suggest something. I would find ways why their suggestion wouldn't work. And the worst would be when they asked me to do something. You can't tell me what to do. Of course, I never said that out loud, only in the replay of the conversation in my head later. When I'd see them, I would usually try to go the opposite way. I did whatever I could to avoid them. Well, now there was no avoiding it. I'm standing in their office and I'm expected to pray out loud in front of these ladies for this person. I could pray or I could run the other way. Now, the last couple weeks, we've been talking about saying yes to when God calls us to go. And I think for some of us, we are ready and willing to go when it's a friend, perhaps even if it's a stranger, or if you're Pastor Humby, a priest. But what happens when God calls us to someone we don't like, don't agree with, to someone who has hurt us, or to someone we even consider an enemy? Back in the day, we used to put the names of these people in a book, and we kind of do that now. We put people we don't like or who have hurt us into a mental burn book list. But today, our burn books are also plastered all over social media or in our conversations. Our lists are exponentially bigger. It's no longer just a person. Sometimes it's entire groups of people. You see, our society has gotten so divided and our identities can get wrapped in to what side we choose. It almost seems like you have to pick a side, that you can't be neutral. I'm sure you're already running the list of camps in your head. You got mask or no mask, vaccine or no vaccine, blue or red, pro-life, pro-choice. Defund the police, back the blue. Black lives matter, all lives matter. The list goes on and on. Now, let me be clear. Having strong beliefs or convictions about certain things is not bad. Jesus had those. But what we have to be careful with is when we cling so tightly to one side that we begin, we begin pushing the other side away. We get across the screen and start typing a divisive comment on a post we don't agree with. We roll our eyes when we see certain bumper stickers. We stop calling our parents or that brother because they just don't get it. We go beyond canceling ideas. We cancel people. Our actions, our posts, our debates cause us not to shut ideas out, but to shut people out. We cling so tightly to our side that our hands are no longer open to help. And sometimes it is not the actions that we take that hurt the most. It is the actions we don't take that cause the most damage. There's a story in the Jewish scripture, also known as the Old Testament, about a prophet, a messenger of God named Jonah. God told Jonah to go to a place called Nineveh to tell the people there to turn from their evil ways or he would destroy their city. Now for prophets, this is all part of the gig. 
But it wasn't that easy for Jonah. Jonah was an Israelite, and God was sending him to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. For years, the Israelites and the Assyrians did not get along. It wasn't just some normal beef like you'd see between a Spurs and Lakers fan. The Assyrians were one of the biggest empires in the world at this time. And the reason they were so big and the worst was because they went from place to place conquering people and land. They had this whole military domination thing down. And the Israelites were part of their conquests several times. Aside from all the ways the Assyrians had hurt the Israelites, these two camps, these two groups of people could not be more different. They just had different ways of living. The Israelites had all these laws to keep them holy, while the Assyrians did whatever they wanted. They knew their lives were filled with a lot of wickedness. And to top it off, these people worship all these false gods, not the God of Israel, not Jonah's God, the one true God. As you can see, there are many reasons why Jonah would not like these people. And when God says Jonah, this is how Jonah responds. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So Jonah, though his whole job as a prophet was to go wherever God told him to go, he said, I don't wanna go. And this bro, he didn't just say no and stay put. He didn't just hunker down where he was at. No, this guy leaves and goes in the opposite direction. He heads towards a city called Tarshish, which would be modern day Spain. Spain for us is just a few plane rides away, but in this day, because so much was still undiscovered, it was the farthest place known. So Jonah not only says, I don't want to go, he said, I'm not going, and I'm going in the opposite direction to the farthest place known to man. Jonah then gets on a boat to go to Tarshish, and this is how God responds. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo in the sea to lighten the ship. God sends a storm so bad that experienced men of the sea fear for their lives while Jonah is dead asleep in the cabin. So these poor guys go get Jonah and they ask him if he has anything to do with the storm. Jonah confesses that this whole storm was because of him. And he suggests that they just throw him overboard. He doesn't suggest they turn the boat around or try to stop somewhere so he can catch the boat going back the other way. No, this guy would rather be thrown into the sea and most likely die than to go to the people of Nineveh. It's like when you're at a party and your Theo refuses to get up and get a plate of carne asada because he knows the cuñado, you know, the one he doesn't like, is up there getting his plate. You're like, you crazy, Theo? Are you really passing up on that carne asada like that? Well, that was Jonah. He'd do anything to keep from going to the people God was calling him to. So reluctantly, the sailors throw him overboard. 
I'm sure at this point, Jonah's thinking, finally, this is my out. I'm running away to the farthest place, didn't work. This will surely work. But then God sends a big fish and it swallows Jonah whole. Just imagine that. You can just ask the lobster diver from Maine who almost got swallowed by a whale a few weeks ago. He said it felt like a truck hit him. But unlike this guy, Jonah doesn't get spit out after 40 seconds. This big fish swallows him. And now Jonah is stuck in the belly of a stinky fish. A whale, no. Now Jonah is in there for three days and three nights. I'm sure there's no Nintendo Switch or Sudoku books down there to keep him busy. So that gives Jonah a lot of time to reflect. He reflects on what God asked him to do, how he said, I don't want to go, ran in the opposite direction, was caught up in a crazy sea storm, was thrown overboard, and now stuck in a big fish, stinky belly. While he's there, he prays and he vows to stop running from who God is calling him to. He promises to no longer say, I don't want to go. And after the three days and nights, the big fish spits him out. Close to, you guessed it, Nineveh. So this whole time, this big fish, unlike Jonah, was going in the right direction. God used the belly of this stinky fish to get Jonah closer to where he wanted him to go. Let me make an observation here. If Jonah would have been spit out the first day or even one day sooner, he probably wouldn't have ended up near Nineveh. But God used the three days in the belly of the stinky fish to get him to where he needed him to be. Now, how many times have you found yourself in the belly of a stinky fish? You're praying to God, remove me from this. Take me out of this gunk I'm in. Trust God that he might be using this stinky place, this stinky situation you find yourself in to get you to where you need to go. Well, after all of this, Jonah finally gets to Nineveh to share the message God has for them. And guess what? The Ninevites listen. This word gets all the way up to the king, and the king tells everyone to listen and to turn from their evil ways. So they all change their ways and start to worship the one true God, Jonah's God. Yay, Jonah did it. Despite all the trouble it took for Jonah to get there, it worked. God did what he intended to do. God showed mercy and brought the hearts of the Ninevites to him. They now not only knew God, but they worshiped him too. But when God does this, the truth comes out of Jonah. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away in the first place. I knew that you are merciful and compassionate, God slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Jonah knew this message God had for them would help the people of Nineveh. He knew that God would show compassion and mercy. 
He knew that God was trying to give the people in Nineveh a second chance, an opportunity for them to experience the mercy of God. But this made Jonah angry. He was angry because these people that seemed so wrong and wicked and evil, that were different from him, had experienced God's grace, his undeserving mercy and goodness toward them. Jonah knew that running away in the opposite direction to keep this message God had for them away from them would ultimately lead to their demise and their harm. He ran in the opposite direction to the furthest place because he didn't want to help. He wanted to harm them. Who is your Nineveh? Is it someone you just don't get along with? Is it someone who has hurt you in the past? Is it someone who doesn't have the right bumper sticker or yard sign? Who doesn't vote or think like you? Is it the church? Is that your Nineveh? Because let's get real. Some of you have either been hurt or angry or do not like the church. Who is your Nineveh? What if God is calling you towards them? Like Jonah, Will you run away in the opposite and furthest direction, or will you build a bridge to them? Will you help or hurt? It may not be direct harm to that person, but it could be something you're holding back from them that is doing the most damage. Are you holding back forgiveness? Are you holding back compassion and mercy? Are you holding back the opportunity to understand them? Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew God's character. He knew that destruction was only half of the message. He knew God would show compassion towards the people of Nineveh. And Jonah's attempt to run away in the opposite direction was him making a decision as to what they deserved. But how could Jonah be so blind to what God had just done for him? God had shown Jonah mercy from the storm, but Jonah, he didn't return none. God had shown Jonah forgiveness while in the big fish, but Jonah wasn't willing to give any. God had shown Jonah love, but Jonah didn't want the same love to be shown to the people of Nineveh. God wants to show the same love he has given you to your Nineveh. You can choose to help, or to harm by running away in the opposite and furthest direction. Perhaps some of you may have never experienced this kind of mercy and love the people of Nineveh experience. Just like the Ninevites, there is an opportunity for you to receive it. There is no one too far gone to experience the mercy of God. And to receive it, you can simply say something like this. God, I receive your mercy. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to show me compassion and love and to give me an opportunity to live with you for eternity. Today, I put my trust in you. God got through to the people of Nineveh, but the message God was showing Jonah did not get through to him. What are you missing out by running in the opposite direction? 
When God sends us to go, he not only changes the people he sends us to, he also changes us. That day, I stood in that office with that prayer group. I had the choice to run away in the opposite direction by holding on to whatever I had against this person. I knew this would eventually hurt them. It was already harming me, and it could damage what we would eventually do together. That day, I reluctantly decided to help. I prayed. I started to pray that God would bless them, that he would use them and show them favor. And as I prayed, God started to change something in me. All these reasons I built up of why I didn't like them, why they were different, why we couldn't see eye to eye came off. And I began to truly see them. God says, go. Don't run away in the opposite furthest direction. Run towards them. Let go of what you're clinging to so you can open your hand to help. In the Message Bible, Matthew 5, 43 and 44 says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. Today, I want us to take up this challenge and to pray for our Nineveh. I want us to take everything we have clinged onto, our unforgiveness, our ideology, our side, our hurt, and I want us to release it so we can open our hands to help. Will you pray with me? So first, I want us to pray and I want us to just recognize what God has already done for us. Take a moment to recognize God's grace, his love, his forgiveness towards you. So God, we thank you because you've done something in our life. You've shown us forgiveness by sending your son Jesus so we can spend eternity with you by all of our sins being washed, by having you be our father. So God, I pray that we can recognize that. I, can, I pray that we recognize the love that you gave when you did send your son, Father, that you gave us your all, your best, to show your love and compassion towards us. Let us recognize when your hand has removed us from a crazy storm or when it's kept us safe in a stinky belly. God, let us recognize your hand in our lives. And God, let us not be like Jonah and, and take that recognition, recognize that and not do anything with it. Let us be open-handed to be able to give what you've given to us freely to others. God, let it be to our Nineveh, whoever has hurt us, whoever uh, we don't agree with, whoever, God, that you've placed in our hearts today as we heard your message. God, I pray that we open our hands to release that hurt, that pain, that judgment. And God, that we open our hands to release it 
and to allow ourselves, our hands to help. And God, let us not be like Jonah, not recognizing and not helping. Let us not run in the opposite and furthest direction, but let us run towards them as you are calling us to go. Because God, we do want to go. Amen. All right, everyone. Will you join me in thanking Damaris for bringing us such a fantastic message here today? Just thank you for spending time with us here today. And before we go, I just have a few things to share with you. So we are super excited right now because over the next few weeks, we have linking opportunities coming your way. The next one up is happening next Sunday. On the 4th of July, the Monticello Park Neighborhood Association will throw a parade for all the kids here in this neighborhood. Now, at this parade, everybody shows up, decorates their wagons, bikes, and strollers, and there's like this little parade there in the pocket park right behind Jefferson High School. So what we wanna do is link to our community that morning. So what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna go and serve them that morning instead of having a service. And anyone with kids will be encouraged to join in on the fun. So, like I said, that morning, starting at eight o'clock, we're gonna show up, we're gonna help decorate, we're gonna do all kinds of fun stuff, we're gonna hand out paletas, we will be helping them set up, tear down, handing out paletas, like I said, after the parade's over, and we are super excited to be able to have this service given away to our community. This is what linking to our community can look like. This parade is gonna start at 9 a.m. this week, and we have a few places that you can specifically plug into. To start, like I said, we're gonna be decorating at eight o'clock in the morning. Then we're gonna have people handing out refreshments. We're gonna have juices, paletas, waters. Uh, Panaderia Jimenez is gonna be supplying some pan dulce for the, for the parade. It's gonna be great. And we can also have a group that is gonna be there to tear down and clean up the park. This will be all taking place at the Pocket Park right behind Jefferson High School across the street from the baseball field. So if you're interested in being a part of this, we have a link posted up right now that you can click on to get signed up. Now the next thing that we are doing will get, actually got started last week. We are partnering with Christian Assistance Ministry to help kids that are in families in need to have school supplies for next year. So what we are doing is adopting kids to buy a backpack and school supplies for them for the upcoming year. And we have a wide range of ages from pre-K all the way through high school. Now also in the, those bags, what we want you to do is include a little note or a card, just encouraging that child for this next school year and letting them know that you are praying for them. Now, if you wanna be a part of this, just type in, I'd like to help in the chat, and we will connect with you today and get you the information so you can go ahead and buy a backpack and supplies for one of the students here in our community. Now, if you aren't able to write in the chat right now, all you can do is email me directly at humby.sedveta.akuo.church and we'll get you connected in that. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, guys, we know that when we connect, when we trust God with the things that are happening in our lives, there is a blessing, right? And, and, and it just happens everywhere. If we trust God with our Nineveh, if we trust God with our family, our friends, whatever it is, and we will see a blessing in it when we give it over to God. And we want you guys to be doing the same thing with your finances, with your resources. So what you can do is if you tithe, we will guarantee you that you will see a blessing. Now, it might not be like a Maserati with crazy spinners rolling up in, in your front yard or anything like that. Probably not that, but what it will be is a spiritual blessing. So we want to encourage you to do this very practical thing 
to experience God's blessing in your life. Now, if you can't do that, we totally understand. You might need someone to help you in this season right now. And if you are one of those people, please contact us. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. Or you can email me directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you're willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link, then follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you'd like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now, the next thing I want to remind you guys about is our Zoom group. This is a great way for us to get together and hear how God is bearing fruit in us and how we can share it with one another. Also in this place, this is the place where you can get hot with each other, right? You can be honest, you can be open, you can be transparent. This could be the place where God shows you the purpose for your pain. So what we want you to do is join us this Wednesday night at 7.30. For all the links to the Zoom group, all you have to do is go to our website or any of our social media pages. Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I want you to know that I love each and every one of you, and I'm praying for all of you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you guys one last time. So Jesus says, everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, and puts away their phone. I ask that you'd be speaking to them. I pray that they will hear you, Father. I pray that as they go from here, that they wouldn't walk away from you, that they wouldn't run in the opposite direction, but rather that they would go towards you. I pray that if they are moving in the opposite direction and that giant fish swallows them, Lord, I pray that on the other side of that, that they would be, still be able to experience your glory and your love in a very real way. Lord, I pray that you would soften their hearts and allow them to spread love and joy to all the people around them, whether they're awesome or less than awesome. Lord, we thank you for everything. We love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. We will see you next Sunday at the Pocket Park right behind Jefferson. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.